Hi everybody and welcome to the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I don't really know what Dan says from here on <laughs> but yes. um, this will do. Uh, I'm Natalie. I, today I'm your host because Dan thought it would be funny and um, Dan is also here, don't worry. Like you know that time when I said that I'd gone solo and all the men freaked out. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> he's still here. Um, we're going to do a really quick uh, preview, which means it'll be about three hours long of uh game week 16 as game week 15 has just i was trying to think of a better word than finished but i couldn't so game week 15 has just finished we also had game week 14 over the over the weekend it's been it's been going off uh dan hello (laughs) hi hi that was a very good job i thought you uh i thought you were charming and endearing oh thanks i'm trying my best okay as I get, yeah, it's been a bit, a bit of a quick turnaround. Lots of little rotations and injuries and and stuff that maybe we weren't expecting. So I don't know. I think some of... of the things we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, having an absolutely terrible score was not something I was expecting. Mm, but it's something I was expecting, not for you to have, but for me to have. Yeah, I mean, this is my first. I think the first time the season. I'm going to finish below 48 points. And I'm absolutely gutted about that. That's quite impressive. My, my rounds about 50 point minimum mm. was, it was a real badge of honour for me. But Gomez coming off after like 23 minutes really yeah. put the nail in my coffin. Uh, but yeah, should we, should we have a little look at the preview? Yes, please. Let's go, everybody. Because we appreciate that you don't all have time to do a whole podcast. We've only got two days after all, so let's get to it. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, I kind of want to preface this with, like, a lot of information will probably come out on Friday because, like, we have no idea about injuries right now. There's so many injuries that happened and there's, like, no definitive information. Um, and one of them was obviously Joe Gomez today, who was stretched off. The first game this weekend is um, a 12.30. Surprise, shock. Which so like. you've got some extra time. Um, it's the Bournemouth-Liverpool. You're worried about Gomez Boyo being stretched off. Anyone who owns Alexander-Arnold will probably be gassed about Gomez being stretched off. Yeah. That's I feel like I made at, the right? wrong call there overall. Um, what's the price difference between the two? Uh, I think Alexander Arnold now is five point two, so he's like point one more than Gomez. Or, oh, I don't, I don't know. Gomez might have risen, but I can sell him for five point one. That's all I know. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's similar price ranges, so it, it's quite easy to make that switch if you wanted to. Um, although Bournemouth are an attacking team as we as we've seen in recent weeks and yeah souls um yeah i wouldn't like i'll obviously play robertson because he'll be fine and i think it's like silly to leave him out but i don't really expect liverpool to keep a clean sheet at Mm. all um and obviously wilson's proved that he can just do whatever he needs to do against absolutely anybody yeah, scoring against Man City, of course. At was that the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's weird. They had Man City and um, now Liverpool two weeks. Well, not even two weeks. A week later, 
Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, Wilson is looking like a banger of a, a transfer if you owned him since day one. Um, or a banger of a pick, I should mm. say. And I doubted him quite heavily. So uh, well, I think I'm, you were just I'm worried glad... about him getting injured, weren't you? Well, yeah. Uh, it was a combination of injury and consistency because he's shown flashes of brilliance before, but never on a sustained period. Um, and this season, he looks to really be doing it. And I think actually Bournemouth as a whole have been doing it. And that's what impresses me the most is that the team looks just a hundred times more functional than it ever has, particularly in attack. Like, um, I still wouldn't go near their defenders, but Wilson and Fraser, like if you've owned them since day one, they've been, I I mean, they've been rightful template picks. They've been amazing. Um, I've now brought in Brooks who I will be playing for this game. I'm starting to think Liverpool, they're giving up some decent chances and a team like Bournemouth who do attack with a lot of pace and a lot of power and a lot of, uh, I don't know, they're just they're just always a threat. It's not like it's not like you watch them and you think, oh, how, where's the goal going to come from? Whereas I feel like you get a lot of that with teams like Brighton and uh, Burnley and just the, the sort of lesser attacking teams. But I feel, feel like Bournemouth can definitely get something here. Um, no captains in this game, though, right? No. 12.30 kickoff. Obviously, don't captain. What are you playing at? Yeah, it would be um, crazy. I was tempted for Salah for a moment because, obviously, Bournemouth defence, as mm. mentioned, is not great. He got a little rest today. He didn't play the full 90. Um, he did get an assist from the bench. Uh, but I'm actually starting to come around to this idea that Salah maybe isn't quite worth the £13 million that we have invested in him. Um, yeah, I'm worried about when the Champions League rolls around next year as well. Hmm. I assume that's With done. VAR, added oh, VAR. Oh, yes, never forget. Completely irrelevant to this podcast, but actually great. I love VAR. It's so good. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We can reassess, like, no one's going to get rid of Salah yeah. um, before the new year anyway, are they really? Yeah, I wouldn't advise getting rid of him for the next three game weeks, at least, because Bournemouth is obviously a good fixture in terms of, like, they can get goals against Bournemouth for sure. Then they face Man United at home, which is a big, big match for them. Uh, a lot of hatred between those teams. It's also at home. And Man United look sloppy as hell. And then Wolves after that, who have been on a bit of a bad run, uh, despite their win today. Uh, but yeah, like um, I think that's that's got to be a pretty good matchup. But yeah, probably avoid your captains. Um, Arsenal Huddersfield, uh, well, I was going to say kicking off the 3 p.m.s, but they're not really because... 3pm. They all kick off at the same time. They all kick off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Arsenal play Huddersfield. Aubameyang has become a popular choice all of a sudden. And I'm glad to finally Get have him back price. up to... Yeah, I, I've actually had him go up to his original price. And I've got point one on him now. But I'm not going to sell him, so it doesn't really matter. You uh, might do one day. What, well, I might do one. If he gets injured, I will. Yeah. Uh, but I just think he's the best value player in FPL right now. Okay. And uh, maybe Sterling, maybe Sterling overall. But and you reckon Aubameyang? There's no risk of Aubameyang not starting. Um, I think there is risk of that in the same way that there's risk of any player not not starting in the congested yeah. uh, Christmas period. Mm-hmm. But I would say that the fact that Arsenal are in the Europa League and not 
the Champions League means yeah. that he gets lots of rest when other players like Salah, like Sterling, will be going away and playing hard Champions League fixtures. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's only actually one left, so that isn't a massive concern right now. Yeah. Um, but I think he's sort of nailed down his place as first choice for now, at least. And the fact that Arsenal scores so many late goals, I still kind of think it doesn't matter. It's kind of like the City situation where if a player comes off the bench for City, they can still they can still get goals. They can still get in and amongst it, let's say. Yeah. Okay. Your thoughts on Aubameyang? Yeah, uh, currently captaining him for this this coming game week. It might change. I might put it back on Felipe Anderson. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think he might be a popular captain this week just because it's at home for yeah. Arsenal where they have a very good record and it's Huddersfield and it is a good chance for them to, to rack up the goals. Yeah. Just purely because of the quality of player that Arsenal have and I feel like that's something that Huddersfield they can kind of level the playing field a bit against teams that are slightly better than them. Mm-hmm. But when they're coming up against like properly elite football players, I think they struggle a bit more. Um, I also wanted to shout someone out. Uh, Lucas Torreira at 4.9. Uh, obviously scored against Spurs at the weekend. Mm. And he takes. Uh, he seems to take a lot of corners and possibly free kicks, but I think mostly corners. Got an assist today as well. Uh, for Mustafi's goal. And I kind of quite like him as a nice little cut price, always starts, um, just budget facilitator. Is he not a bit Kante? No, because the thing about Kante, Conte, I don't, I've never known how to say his name properly. I don't like I feel Kante stupid saying Conte. <laughs> it's not Conte. That's, that's oh, ridiculous. Jack Lincoln says that. And I don't like Conte because obviously that was... Yeah, Not that. actual no. Italian Conte, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Um. no, I think he's a bit... I'd say Shaka is more of an analogue to Conte. Conte. Uh, <laughs> because Shaka plays a little bit deeper. Like, the, the thing that stands out about Torreira, and he was actually, before he picked up his yellow card, he was on for the three bonus points today, despite only getting an assist. Mm. Um. He makes so many ball recoveries... Uh, he reads the game really well and he makes a lot of tackles and he just does a bunch of things that are really, really handy in the bonus, uh, the BPS, the bonus point system. He's not going to be the guy who changes your team. Like, you know, I don't expect him to get any more than 10 goals in the season, but he's definitely, especially over this congested period, he's a player who's got to play every game whenever he's fit. Um, and he can get you the odd, the odd goal or assist. So, 4.9, I'd rather have him than someone like, uh, was it Dale Stevens, the, the Brighton one? The one who keeps getting sent off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, case in point, right? Like, yeah. Torreira hasn't been sent off yet, so it's all good. Um, and yeah, lastly, I, you know, I'm only mentioning this because I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but Arsenal's next four, Huddersfield at home, Southampton away, Burnley at home, Brighton and Hove Albion away. Four good fixtures. Yeah, and... but you did lose against Brighton away last season. Yeah, but I also mentioned when you said this before that we lost basically every game away last season. Oh, yeah, so you did. that's true. Um, yeah, I, I think those are good opportunities for clean sheets if you're looking for a slightly risky, 
you know, maybe you want to go Kalasinach, who's look quite good, or maybe um, Bellerin, but they are a bit on the upper end of the scale. That's just a move that I'm looking at because I don't want to have a double up on Liverpool for the next three because mm-hmm. I do fancy them to concede. And, and Gomez, Gomez is injured. Is yeah. So <laughs> there's that. Okay, moving on. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say Huddersfield, but nah, we've, we've got nothing to... There's no one there, is there? No. Shall I uh, run through this? Because yeah, please. otherwise you'll be stuck on Arsenal for years. Yep. Um, so Burnley play Brighton. Uh, Brighton have unbeaten in the last three games. Uh, could they go against Burnley? Who knows? Um, any other time... I think Duffy's red card this week would would worry me. Like, mm. oh no, without Duncan Duffy, how will they survive? But Balogun's actually been great, so not a problem. Uh, but Burnley, Burnley are a problem. Burnley, Burnley, Burnley. So who really knows what's going on there? Hugh wanted to talk about Murray's injury. So he yeah. had, his, had a little hurty shoulder uh, yesterday. I did some quick research just now yeah and basically murray's saying that he wants to play and chris is like yo chill out (laughs) you need to shut up boy (laughs) yeah um so i think you'll have to wait and see um close to close to the weekend but also i think if you have murray you should have someone else on your bench who can come in for murray because that's what we've been telling you all season um don't get rid well or do get rid because Brighton's fixtures do turn quite dramatically after this weekend. Like, they're not nice at all. And now I can't remember off the, top, off the top of my head what they are, but I just know they're not good. Chelsea, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Everton. Yeah. <laughs> not Probably great. him off. <laughs> um, and I'm currently banging the drum for Mitrovic. Hmm. But also, you have another Brighton man you'd like to mention. Yeah, so Andone. He, I thought he looked really impressive, and we are... We're talking about this uh, without the benefit of the highlights from this uh, midweek round of fixtures, without seeing the highlights, sorry. Uh, but I thought he looked really, really good when he came on at the weekend. Couldn't he, he start like... at the weekend? Uh, yeah, no, sorry, he started, didn't he? Murray was rested. He had a really good game, he scored a goal, and he just looked just really perfect for, for Brighton and how they play. And it's another one, like, you probably had this quite a lot this season, but... People talk about it with with Torreira, for example, and him not being brought into the side until recently. I feel like Heaton's done a pretty good job there, just kind of giving him the chance to adapt to the country and the league and giving him a game. And he looks like he's a really, really good signing. Um, So the reason I wanted to mention him is because he's 5.0 and that is about as good a price as you're going to get. And if Murray is out for a couple of games or for well, not a couple of games, but say a run of four or five games. And he could actually be a really valuable asset to have if he's starting every match. Um, For now, I'd probably say wait and see, see if he gets into the team a bit more. But I certainly think as the season wears on and Murray is, what, 35 years old? (laughs) Yeah, something like like that. He may pick up an injury or he may just need, you know, quite frequent rests. And I think Andone will gradually replace him in the team so he sounds like a pretty pretty good buy at that price Mm -hmm. definitely better than anyone else you can get in that position okay cardiff southampton up next southampton have a new manager they do hasenhutl is no that's not how you say is that how you say it yeah man yeah he's he's a german man i think (laughs) wow shout out to him 
Um, okay, so will he be involved before Saturday? He should be. I, I assume for the game tonight, uh, the game against Spurs, which they duly lost, lost. 3-1 in yep. memory of the great man, Sparky Hughes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd assume that he would have some involvement, but realistically, he got the job, what, on Tuesday? He's not going to... No, have I had... thought it was today. Oh, was it today? May- okay, maybe it was today it was announced. I don't know when he actually oh, okay. started, though. Maybe he got the job, like, three years ago. <laughs> He's just been sitting in the background <laughs> yeah. waiting for, for Hughes to get out, even though Hughes wasn't employed three years ago. Um, yeah, it's one of those, those situations where he really doesn't have enough time to do anything other than maybe take a few training sessions and, and get tell his... tell to show some passion. Exactly. It's about getting his message across and kind of familiarising himself with his players. So I don't think you'll see a drastic change in Southampton other than maybe team selection. Uh, so tonight, Yoshida and uh, who was it? Jack Stevens both started as central defenders. Um, and I think maybe if that if that continues, that could be quite handy because Yoshida is only 4.1%. And if he replaces Hoot and Vestergaard, who have been absolutely awful for Southampton, then, um, yeah, I think he's a, you know, he's won Bissaka price. And that could be really, really fruitful in freeing up some budget for the rest of your team. Um, and we know that Southampton have been traditionally quite a good defensive team. It's only since Hughes has come in, they've been really, really poor. Uh, but you, you've got any feels for Cardiff? It seems like... Yeah, I reckon Cardiff will will take this. Um, obviously, their home form is better than their not home form. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why Cardiff couldn't whew, give them a go. Yeah, totally. Uh, I actually have developed a newfound love for Cardiff uh, when I watched that game against Wolves and also whoever it was they played before that. I've been kind of on the fence about... Well, not so much on the fence... I've not been the biggest fan, let's say, of Cardiff. You hated Cardiff. But I really liked what they did against Wolves. They really, um, they have no quality, (laughs) but they're fascinating to watch because they just play to their strengths. And that is chucking big, long balls in. And there's something kind of beautiful about how raucous it can get (laughs) when they start getting their way. Because, like, Wolves just cowered. Like, they were freaking... Patricio, for the goal that he conceded, um, the equaliser against Cardiff, I think it was Morrison, or it might have been Patterson, just like went and stood in his way. And Patricio sort of like tried pushing him and he just didn't move. And Patricio just stood still like he was terrified to, to go near him. And I thought that was just brilliant. So I think one of the big bastards in the defence could be a good place to go if you're looking for... Again, like a cheap sort of player yeah. who will play every game. I also think Sol Bamba has, without seeing the points returns in recent weeks, I think he's looked really amazing. Like I can't beat the Bamba drum enough. That is the thing about them. They, they just look so good. They're so fun to watch defensively. So, yeah, I think Morrison at 4.7 has that goal threat. Bamba also at 4.5 has that, has a certain amount of goal threat. Um... And the one thing I would like to pinpoint is the next three games, sorry, the next four games, they play Southampton, Watford, Man United and Crystal Palace. 
And those are all games that I can see them potentially getting results in. And why do you think I brought Patterson in this week? Well, you're looking like a bit of a genius now, to be fair. Thank you. Can't wait until he scores. <laughs> uh, next up, Man United versus Fulham. A resurgent Fulham. Yes. Yeah, well... Fulham. Yeah, I was going to say, well, sort of. And then I realised, no, they played tonight and they drew, didn't they? Against mm-hmm. Leicester, who I'd seen... I, I have a little bit of a quite conscious bias against Leicester. I just don't like them for some reason. And I don't know if it's because they had that sort of league winning season. And now they're just sort of mid-table mediocrity. I think it's actually James Madison. I think I just don't like his face. And okay, his, well, we're talking cheat. about Fulham now. So you can come back and talk about Leicester later. Yeah, but they. what I wanted to say was they'd been sort of bigged up for their form, but Fulham have just gone and, gone and drawn with them. And they actually took the lead in that game. Um, yeah, if, I think, I think actually, they look better. I think I only saw... Uh, I only saw the second half anyway, but I, I, from what I understood, Fulham had been playing far better than Leicester had been hmm. until like the 60th minute where Leicester were like, whoops, let's put some players on who can actually do goals. Yeah. Shinji Okazaki. Um, and then they started playing football. But I think before then, Leicester were not being good. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite excited for Mitrovic at whatever price. 6.6. Yep, sorry. Sean just messaged me to say that he'd got the platinum in Spider-Man. That's nice. Okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry, everybody. Yeah, um, I'm going to turn my phone over. Mitrovic 6.6, like, assist today, nothing at the weekend, but then, what was it, two goals, a goal and assist, something like that. Something <laughs> good the week before. Like, he is good. And if you didn't keep the faith, you've got to buy him back, I think. Yeah, he's not going to score in every game, but well, few strikers actually are. Well, I don't couldn't stri- score in every game. Uh, uh, just because that's really hard for any um, player. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah. But I think Mitrovic is where you look. If you have Arnautovic and he's now dead, which we'll come on to in a second, uh, or if you want to get rid of Glenn Murray because the fixtures turn... Like, Mitrovic is just, the, for me, it's, like, the obvious pick. And I know that, like, three weeks ago, I was saying, get rid of Mitrovic. No, I didn't say get rid of Mitrovic, but I suggested that if you wanted to get rid of Mitrovic, it was Murray or Arnautovic you bought in instead. Yeah. So it's just nice to know that I'm consistent. <laughs> and, and to be fair, his price has dropped down to basically what it was in the beginning of the game. So, yeah. you know, you haven't really lost out on too much. Um, Not at all. But I would say for their next five games, they face Man United away, obviously, this week. And it's West Ham at home, Newcastle away, then two home games back-to-back, Wolves and Huddersfield. Glorious, get him in. And I think those are good fixtures. I think for a striker who is a good striker, who can who can get goals against almost anyone, um, you know, when he's having a good day, like, I think he's probably one of the most compelling options because of that price. Um and and I'll certainly be looking, probably looking that way. Might even consider taking a minus four. Because although Man United did okay tonight, I'm still not quite convinced about them. I don't know uh, if I'd take a minus four for Mitrovic. It's, for me, it's like I really don't... Like, I have one player on my bench who's never playing. And that's well, a problem. So if anyone same, misses out... You've got to do what you've got to do. Yeah, I, I think I might, t- might do it. Because it's either... 
Mitrovic in for a minus four, you know, he could potentially score a goal or two. Or it's playing one Bissaka, and I don't want to do that because mm. he's just a disappointment. West Ham. Well, quite. And it's West Ham away. Mm. Well, Palace is a, a weird one because at the weekend versus at home versus Burnley, yeah. um, Palace registered 29 shots against Burnley's four. Yeah. And um, Burnley, I think, only had one on target. I'm not sure they had any on target. I'm fairly sure about this, but regardless, it is still bad. If it's Correct. none, it's, it's even worse. <laughs> even worse. Um, but then, obviously, Palace couldn't really get anything against Brighton yesterday when Brighton played for te- with 10 men for the majority of the game. Yeah. So it is all a bit strange down there. Well, I can sum up Palace in, like, two sentences. Mm-hmm. They scored their first goal from a cross. And I don't mean they crossed it in and someone headed it. I mean, it, it was, was a, a cross. cross and it went in. Yeah. And they scored their second goal from a 30-yard screamer from Andros Townsend, his best ever season in the Premier League, has a total of four goals. So So we're banking on West Ham. I think West Ham clean sheet in this game as well. Uh, Spoilers for my my clean sheet cup, unless you decide to steal it from me. Um, Yeah, like Palace are terrible. Like they just can't... They can defend okay, I guess. In some games, and then some games they just get absolutely hammered, but they just can't score goals, and I don't understand it because there will be games where they create good chances, but they're just it almost seems like there's magnets outside the goals just dragging the ball away. Yeah, and uh, I think they're really poor. I think they're potentially, well, more than potentially, I think they're in the running to go down this year because if they can't score goals. They're not going to win games and that's going to be a big problem. The fact that they did it yeah. against Burnley, I mean, that just shows how how far Burnley have fallen at the moment. But West Ham, on the other hand, yeah, Arnautovic is out. But as we mentioned, Mitrovic is a good replacement. And there's probably a couple of others, like Callum Wilson is also one to look at. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good time to have Fabianski and to have a West Ham defender. And, I was gutted. But we've been saying that all season and they've still only managed two clean sheets. Yeah. You know, to be fair, like yesterday, it was a 95th minute they conceded and it was the kind of goal that only Cardiff can score. It was just like 10 men standing around the goalkeeper <laughs> pushing him around. Right. And I thought they were going to give a foul at first and then I saw it and it was one of those where it's kind of almost like a morally a morally uh, bankrupt sort of goal. Like, they were kind of roughing him up a bit, but none of it was really a foul. So uh, I I was gutted about that because I also had a bet on West Ham to win 3-0, so I lost that money as well. But no, I think they they have a really good run of fixtures. I think they can keep clean sheets. I think they've shown that they've improved defensively. I think Fabianski can save penalties, as, uh, as we saw yesterday. And... They're probably one of the better double-ups you can make because, realistically, you're not going to double-up on Man City in defence because you can't. Like, you yeah. don't know who's going to play and you can't afford it. And there's no one else who's... Other than Liverpool, who are, who are quite consistent, but I think Liverpool's fixtures turn a bit. So I do think there's some good value to be had there, especially with Diop still at 4.3. Um and yeah, Palace is about as, as much of a, a shoe-in of a clean sheet as I can think of, in my opinion. Cool. 
then the 5.30 on Saturday is Chelsea versus Man City, which is all quite exciting, uh, providing that Man City actually shows some passion That's compared what we to need. versus Watford when they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they um, did. Um, yes. They played a, a pretty boring game, didn't they? It was. I was bored. I felt quite weird because the commentators seemed to be loving it and they were really sort of bigging up City and how great City are. And I, you know, I love City as much as the next guy, but it didn't feel like they did anything that good. And Foster had a brilliant game in the first half. Yeah. Was a little bit unlucky. He like, just kind of dived over the ball thinking that Sane was going to control and shoot, but instead he just lets it bounce off of him into the goal. Um, but yeah, I felt that this was a really pedestrian performance by, by City. Um, but it should be said that they basically left out the majority of their first team for this. Yeah. It was only really Edison, uh, Kyle Walker, Bernardo Silva, uh, David Silva. I'm now going to list half the team. Sane, arguably, those were kind of the main, you know, start every game sort of, or start a lot of the game sort of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of bit part players coming in. And yeah, I just didn't think City looked very good. However, I do think against Chelsea... It's got to be that first team. It's got to be Raheem Sterling right back in. Yeah. Uh, because he is, for me, their most important player above Aguero. I think Aguero starts every game when he's fit because he does the job that Pep wants him to do now, mm-hmm. uh, which is to to be more selfless and to basically run around a lot. Um, but Sterling, in terms of contributions, attacking contributions, he is the most important player. So he yeah. will play. Um I expect Sane to start on the other side, but I also wouldn't be surprised if, if Mares sees a return because he did have a good performance and he was actually sort of the key man to the victory against Watford. He put in a bunch of crosses and he just, he looks a lot more lively than he has done. Um, same with Laporte. Laporte will come back into the team. I don't think he really needed to be rested, but I think Pep thought, when else am I going to give a game yeah. to, to company? Um and who, who was his partner? Was it Stones? Yeah. Yeah. And Otamendi came on later. And then he came on for three minutes at the end of the match to get me Laporte. one point, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, it made no difference to me whatsoever. Yep. Um, but I thought it was funny. In hindsight, uh, it's a lot better. And Aguero, we reckon, probably won't be back for the weekend now. Yeah, it sounds like he's a doubt. Um, as always, you know, if you haven't transferred him out already, you've got to check out those press conferences. But... I think the knees are well and truly jerking at this point. Mm. Uh, the fact that Aubameyang's gone from 10.9 to 11.2 in a week, I think is testament to that. So uh, if you're holding on to Aguero, you're you're brave. But also, I don't think it's the craziest um, thing to do. I think if he misses this game, he'll probably be back the next week. But, you know, follow all of your, your injury guys. Check out Ben Dinnery to see what the situation is there. Chelsea not looking good though. They just lost to Wolves. And while I haven't seen the highlights, Chelsea are actually a team that I've been quite underwhelmed with personally. Like I think they they look really good on the pitch. They, you know, play play pretty passing patterns. That was quite an alliteration. But I don't feel like they have the end product that you need to benefit you a lot in fantasy football. Yeah. Arguably, Hazard could be a better pick than than Salah because he is cheaper. But 
I feel like we've seen Hazard sort of return to his old ways. Of course, the counterpoint to that is their fixtures after Man City get really quite good. They face really? Brighton. They, yeah, they face Brighton, Leicester, Watford, Crystal Palace and Southampton. Uh, oh. Only two of those at home. But they are all teams they should be comfortably beating. Uh, so kind of my issue with, with Chelsea is I just don't know where the points are going to come from. Mm. And I'd actually say, going against everything I believe in, Alonso is the only player that's worth hanging on to in that team. Um, I don't like them defensively. I think they're liable to concede. We obviously saw that when they got hammered by Spurs. And today they've been beaten by a Wolves team who who can't score goals. Um and also, I, I just think there, there's no, yeah, there's no obvious, obvious player. It's not like Sterling, who, you know, will get you multiple goals in a game. You maybe have the one game where Hazard decides he wants to play and he'll, he'll pick up one or two. But I just don't think it's anywhere near a, a sure enough bet to, to go hard on Chelsea right now. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Like, uh, Hazard's coming out for me this weekend. Yeah, he's dropped all the way back to, to 11.0 now. I think he's stuck... He started ten point five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So he's still he's still a decent price. Um, I mean, I will contextualize this after I actually watch the highlights because I haven't seen how he played today. But I think we've seen Hazard return to what we thought Hazard was before. You know, just this guy who looks really good but doesn't really deliver the numbers that you want. Cool. Um, should we move on to Leicester Spurs? Yeah. This could be an interesting one. This um, is the seven forty-five on Saturday. Oh wow! I assume Spurs have been complaining again, and that's why. It could be. I'm going to be out of the house for this one, which is quite annoying. Well, I'm out of the house from three p.m., so it's all a bit of a situation. Oh damn! That's struggling. Struggling. That's difficult for you. It is. I will be struggling. <laughs> it will be a struggle. Um. So I'm definitely back on the Madison hype train. Yep. I literally can't get him in my team. Like I'd have to do all sorts to get him in. Yeah. But I want him a lot. And he's currently priced at 6.8, which is good. It's a good price and I think there's a there's a lack of options in this range at the moment. It is quite hard to find anyone other than Fraser, for example. Um I just hate him. I just really don't like him. <laughs> and that's you loved him at the start. Of I know. The it's just it's just his attitude. Like he comes across as like really arrogant to me. And I know that has no bearing on how good he is at football, but I get so emotionally invested in the players in my fantasy team that it becomes it becomes quite hard to have someone like that in. Today we learned Dan has issues. I do have issues, but it's the same when I play like FIFA career, man. I get really attached <laughs> to my players. So it becomes okay. like a family thing, you know. We're a, we're a family, Natalie. Sure. So I, I want to see the... the highlights before I get carried away with Madison because if I see him and he played really well, then I might consider it. I don't but... think he does. I don't think he does play particularly well. I just think he can put the ball in the back of the net. Well, that's kind of the most important thing. And that when I say playing well, it kind of means that. I mean, is he yeah. getting shots away? Is he getting shots away from good positions? Um, I thought his goal at the weekend was quite good. Uh, but yeah, I, I worry that most of his goals will come from long shots and you're not going to score the majority of them. Uh, but if you take loads, I guess, I guess you can. Um, so let's play Spurs. I think 
it's quite interesting the amount of people who suddenly got Kane. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a good shout for this midweek. I did want to get Kane. I was thinking last week before the North London derby, I was like, oh, I could get Kane in. And I literally yeah. just couldn't afford him. There was absolutely no way I could get him in. Because um, he's currently at 12.4, which is ridiculous. Who knew he was so expensive? Um, I knew, and that's why I've ignored him this whole time. Okay. Uh, but I think now, like, I don't know what Spurs fixtures look like, but also I hate Kane. And I just don't think it's worth it. I loved uh, Kane last season so much. I just don't see it. I don't see the performances, but they do have very good fixtures. They okay. face, um, so it's Leicester, Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, Cardiff. It's just tough. It's tough to fit these men in. That's the problem. Uh, like, I think there's better. Salah, and if you've got Sterling and then you're trying to fit Kane in as well. Yeah. As well as like an act, like a good defence and like a balanced midfield. Yeah. Like it's really tough to start trying to fit all of these men in the t- in your team. Yeah, I don't think you can have Salah and Kane, for example. Like you can't have the two most expensive players because they're between them they're not returning the numbers that you need yeah i think you can have one of them but i still think that you know i'm still backing salah in that race because i just think the the extra points he gets from midfield i think he plays in a better team um but maybe longer term i i don't quite buy into it because i haven't been convinced by liverpool's attack this this season so far i personally think yeah Moving for Kane this week was good because they were playing Southampton. Um, it seems like a really, it's a really shrewd sort of, you're playing the the odds there. You think the likelihood of Kane scoring has got to be pretty high against Southampton. I'd also say similar against Leicester because I don't think they're particularly strong defensively. Um, just my beef with Kane is that I don't see the performances being that good. And... I would worry about his ability to keep it up longer term, uh, especially at that price, like when you can get Sterling for 11 million. And I'd be quite confident saying that Sterling will outscore him almost every week that he plays. So I'm reluctant, but obviously if you brought him in already, you you made a good move there. Like yeah, I, I well, wouldn't I think say... a lot of people brought him in for this game week and then a switching to Aubameyang for the weekend. Oh, really? I think that's the thing that people are doing. Yeah, I mean, I did a bit of reading last night and saw that the template had changed, uh, particularly in the, the like top 10k or whatever. And it was just like a lot of people have gone for like a front three. I think it was of Aubameyang, Kane and Arnautovic. Okay, and dropped Salah. And dropped, yeah. So I think that was the, the sort of like top 10k vibe Mm. i don't know it it seems a bit sort of conservative and a bit obvious to me maybe i'm just trying too hard to be you know to go against the grain but i just don't like him at that price i don't think he's going to be as as successful as he has been in previous seasons based on the way i've seen spurs play and they of course still have another champions league game to play that they really need to win against barcelona um yeah, I, when you can get Aubameyang for 11.2 and you can get Sterling for 11 million, I just feel like your money can be spent better. Um, but if you can find a way to balance your team and have Kane in, it's it's kind of fine. Like, it, it just depends. Do you believe in him? Do you believe in him to go on this run? I don't know. I don't personally. 
Cool. And then the last two fixtures, um, which are extremely uninspiring. On Sunday uh, at four o'clock is Newcastle versus Wolves. And on Monday night is Everton versus Watford. Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) These are absolute accumulator busters for me. Because these are the two games where I'd just be like, I do not have a clue like who's going to win these. I think Newcastle and Wolves, I think Newcastle have a big chance here. Because uh, a point I wanted to make about Wolves from watching them in, in recent weeks is they seem to do really, really well against big teams. So when they come up against Arsenal, like they they had that horrible record, didn't they? I think it was four losses in five games. And the one they didn't lose was against Arsenal where they drew, but they really should have won. And I think part of that is because Arsenal have been, you know, getting away with it at times just with sheer luck. But the other part of that is I think Wolves do really well against teams who want to have the ball and want to play sort of attacking football because they can just hit them on the break quite easily and they can play with 30% possession. But when they play against a team like Newcastle, Newcastle become the Wolves in that scenario because they don't want the ball. They want Wolves to take control. And it's when Wolves have to dominate the game, they run out of ideas because they can't move it from back to front really quickly. And for that reason, I think it's only... I mean, I'm probably going to have to play Jimenez in this game because of the the injuries that have uh, cropped up. But I don't really fancy their chances of scoring against a team like Newcastle, whereas I would have them more likely to score against tougher teams. Um but yeah, part of me really fancies Newcastle to win this. And Everton-Watford, uh, I think Watford just looked done at this point. I mean, they did, for about seven minutes, put in a spirited comeback against um, Man City. But why didn't they do that for any part of the rest <laughs> of the 90 minutes? Yeah, I don't know. It was just Foster versus Man City, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Rather than... And I understand, like, I know I know, Man City are really, really good and it's really hard to play against them, but they didn't really impose themselves on the game until so late and you just knew that City were going to score some goals if you just give them that much of the ball. I mean, there was a, a fair... I think Watford did create some good chances, but their finishing was just really, really bad. Um, well, I don't know if that's more just because City were playing a bit of... A reserve team and leaving more spaces than they usually would. Everton, on the other hand, I'm not quite sure where I place them. I think they're probably the sixth best team in the league ahead of Man United. Um, but okay. I think they're a little bit inconsistent. Uh, Richarlison and Sigurdsson remain the best picks. Luca Dean has been the other player who's crept Didn't into I say this to template. You, is he actually the best defender in the Premier League? Uh, and said, I think he did, no. and I said no, and I, I still think no, but he's crept into the template, which is why I wanted to mention him. I've seen a lot of experienced fantasy football managers talking about about him and how great he is. I'm, I'm not really convinced that Everton are great for clean sheets, and the one thing I would point out is after this game against Watford, they face who is a, a Man City and Tottenham back-to-back. So I don't know if now is the time to be bringing Everton players in. And it's actually the reason I didn't bother going for anyone like Sigurdsson or Richarlison because I knew they were playing Newcastle, who are quite tough. And they do have this, what I'd call a good fixture against Watford. But after that, I don't want to have to play players playing against uh, 
City and Spurs. But yeah. I do think after that, uh, I think it's Burnley, Brighton, Leicester, Bournemouth, Southampton, Huddersfield. So game week 19, yeah, stock up on your Everton boys. Like That's a great time to have them. But for now, I'm not so convinced. Cool. Okay, we ran um, really long over because Dan can't stop talking about Arsenal. I really got <laughs> in the vibe there, though. I was like having points to make and stuff. That was great. It's true. Um, so really, really quickly, um, I messed up over the weekend and I didn't um, take note of who our top scorer was in the Denalysis Domestic. Uh, I did do that this week, but now I have lost the man. So um... <laughs> so why did you mention this? Oh, because I thought I had it up uh, and I don't. Oh, no. Um, and I can't remember his name for the life of me. Hold on, here we go. It is Pete Haley with a whopping 84 points. He did take one minus four. But interestingly, the top, um, hold on, the top like seven scorers yeah. in the Dynasty Domestic this week, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, all took at least one points hit. Yeah. Or all did at least two transfers. Like one guy did four, took a minus twelve. Damn. But scored, but scored seventy-one points. So it's like well, that was kind of worth yeah, it. I'm assuming you're a man. Sorry. I, I mean, if in again. this week that's an amazing move because I don't think many people will have scored particularly well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought, but actually, I'm not sure what the average is going to be like. Yeah. So there it we hasn't go. So well yet. done, whoever I said the Pete. Pete Haley. Pete Haley. Shout out to you. And sorry if you were top scorer of the week before, I didn't look. Um, <laughs> a quick analysis domestic. I'm going to say Arsenal. Dan, you are going to say West Ham. Oh, West Ham. Yeah, I already said it. You, you said you just said a quick analysis domestic. I oh, think that's not what I a meant. Quick clean sheet I mean, cup. That's what I meant. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying West Ham against. Get, get through. West Ham against whoever they're playing. <laughs> Forget Palace. <laughs> Crystal Palace. And you're saying Arsenal against Huddersfield. Okay. I am. Even though Arsenal have kept, like, what, zero clean sheets this season? I think we've kept one in the Premier League. I think it might have been two. Uh, Alas, that's where we're at. Cool. It's not great. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this elongated uh, short episode of the... Elongated short. Well, that's it, because it's meant to be short, but uh, now we're at 48 minutes. I think that's reasonable. I don't know. Um, but if you have got through this, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us at any point ever, you can do so on Twitter at The Denalysis or via email on hello at thedenalysis.com. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, rate, review and subscribe to The Denalysis on whichever app you use. Obvs, if you use Apple Podcasts, give us a sick five stars. You don't even have to review. Just click the five star button. And oh, yeah. The job is done. Watch them stars rolling, baby. Exactly. Is there any other business? Is that it? Uh, no, that's it for me, I think. Sweet. All that well, I have left to say is have a good game week, guys. And please. Captain please Sterling, because that's what I think I'm doing. Or Abamyang. Abamyang yeah, or Sterling. Yeah, I already Sterling. told everyone to Captain Abamyang. Captain Sterling I'm between those two. sketchy. I'm between those... I, you haven't even got Sterling. I have now. <laughs> oh. I've done the chat. Oh, Sterling's rising tonight. So if you want him, oh shit, act fast. Oh, well, I can kind of afford him. Can kind no of. No one else is gonna listen to this. If I if I go to FPL <laughs> and be like, guys, I've got like oh, twenty God. bucks. Dan, let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna do it though. All right, cool. bye guys. Bye everyone. <laughs>